Now for everyone who's uh, heading to reach kids, you can go ahead and uh, head back now. Alrighty. Well, good morning, Fairhill Church. Uh, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, of course. Um, you are a blessing to, to many, so uh, you deserve this day. Um, just a little bit of news before we start. Um, as you know, we've been going through licensure processes, and uh, I'm officially licensed, so hooray! All right. <laughs> um, now, for those of you who have questions as to what that means, um, it means I get to preach, so, and, and nothing else. So, no, I, don't, I can't baptize, I, no, nothing else. So, um, I know that's a little disappointing, but uh, that's good to actually be able to do that. So, uh, so this is your first licensed preaching, so uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, enjoy. Uh, all right, so today we're talking, uh, we're talking about parenting, actually. Um, fitting topic. We're talking um, about parenting. We're talking about uh, motherhood, maybe um, somewhat, a little more specifically. But uh, as a caveat to a sermon about motherhood, um, I'm not a mother, and I will never be a mother. Uh, I am a three-month-into-the-whole-process father. So uh, this is not coming from an abundance of experience or, uh, or like, personal wisdom. Uh, so the, if you're looking for that, um, there's lots of people here who can, who can help you with that. But uh, that's not me. So what am I going to give you? Uh, I'm going to give you kind of a biblical framework so that you can apply the wisdom that you have learned from God, the wisdom that, uh, that you already have, uh, to parenting in a way that, that is going to be helpful and that is going to accomplish the task of, of parenting well. Uh, so that, that's what we're setting out to do. Uh, I recognize that uh, some of you are not parents. Some of you would never, never be parents. Um, some of you have been parents and have, have kissed that long goodbye and have moved on. So uh, how is this sermon for you? Well, uh, I think we have to recognize that kids, kids, you guys are the parented, so it's kind of good to know uh, where you stand in this whole process. Um, but for the larger group of us, uh, this is a spiritual family. This is a spiritual family. And that analogy is used throughout Scripture. The people of God, the Father of God. And so, if you're not kind of a physical parent... You are called to be a spiritual one in the very least. To parent one another, to be parented, to, uh, to share wisdom and to teach and to train and to encourage and rebuke even. So we are in a spiritual family and all of you are called to be spiritual parents. And every man is called to be a father um, in some sense to embody that leadership and, um, and that charge. And all women are called to be mothers, in a sense, to care, care for and to train up. And so this is a sermon for everyone. Maybe some of you might apply it differently, but it is applicable to all of us. All right? All right. So let's, let's embark upon this journey. Uh, we're going to learn how we can be better parents, how we can be better sons and daughters, and how we can learn that from God himself. 
Now, uh, I feel silly saying this because this is uh, my first official licensed preaching, but uh, there is no text today. There is no text today. I know, Debbie's got a heart, heart attack. Um, <laughs> all right, I, I have to explain that. Why, why is there no text? Um, so I spent a lot of time looking for a text that would be specifically on motherhood, and uh, I think we have to admit there kind of isn't one. Uh, at, least, at least not in the way we, we might expect it to, to come about. Uh, we see general parenting, but probably a lot less than we'd want. Uh, for those parents out there, you probably want like a, an encyclopedia on parenting, like the, the book of parenting, but it, it isn't there. It's not there. Uh, we see general principles. A few general principles. Things like, um, like discipline your kids. That's a big one. Discipline your kids. That, that is good for them. That's loving. Uh, we see things like, children, obey your parents. That's probably the most universal. Uh, that that is kind of the basic principle of the family. Children, obey your parents. We see things like, uh, fathers, don't exasperate your, parent, your children. Don't frustrate them. Don't needlessly uh, cause them turmoil. Uh, and we see kind of the larger call to, to raise our children up in the Lord. But if we're looking for kind of a uh, parenting for dummies in the book of the Bible, and in the Bible itself, we're not going to find it. And so I'm not going to try to piecemeal, kind of like, a, to fit a passage into what we're trying to do. Um, instead, I want you to, to give you kind of a reading of the Bible that addresses parenting. And that's where if we're reading the Bible right, the whole thing is about parenting. That this is a story of God fathering a people, fathering his children, the Israelite people, and then the church. We are also his people. And so the whole book of the Bible is actually about this father God raising up his children. And when we read it like that, we start to see, okay, like, there's a lot more there. And I also want to see this as... Uh, when we enter into relationship with God, we are adopted into the family. We receive God as Father. And so your lives are all the personal experience of God's parenting. That God is your Father. God is your parent. And he's walking you through your life. And so every interaction you have with God is a, a personal account of how God, the perfect Father, trains up his children. Because that, that is what he is. He is the perfect father. He sovereignly knows everything that, uh, that he's going to do. He knows exactly how you're going to react to everything that is given to you. He also knows uh, kind of all the contingencies. He knows you personally and can tailor his parenting specifically to you exactly as you are. Because he knows every facet of your being. You have been parented by, uh, by the perfect parent. Now, I think, ironically, we don't, we don't think that. We think God could have done a much better job, and I'm sure all kids think that about their parents as well. But that is the case. That is the case. And so, I kind of want to lay out uh, how we can look at God the Father's relationship to his children and apply that to how we should then parent our children. All right? Now, there's going to be, we're going to focus on three things. Um, 
And you could talk about a million things, a million things. So we're going to focus on these three because I think uh, they address topics that are present in the church right now. Um, maybe errors or, uh, or things that we're missing in terms of parenting um, that might address some of those things. All right, we on board? All right, you guys are all... <laughs> Debbie's still clutching her Bible. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> no, not giving it to you. Um, all right, so, uh, so three things, three ways that God parents. Three ways that God parents. First of all, he parents with the goal in mind of the worship and glory of him. The goal is that we may worship and glorify him. All right, secondly, he parents us according to our maturity. According to our maturity. And third, he parents us so that we might parent others. He parents us that we might parent others. So that's the outline, and let's pray about that. Father, you are our father. You are the perfect parent. And there's a high calling to be a parent, to be a mother or a father. And we're going to fail. Um, and we, we need much direction. And so would you give us insight? Would you help us to see um, more clearly what you are doing in our lives and what are you doing in the lives of our children that we may parent well? Not just... Um, our, our blood, children, but uh, the spiritual children of the church. Uh, would you glorify your name and pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right. All right. So, uh, the first point. First of all, parents, for their goal, God's goal, is to train up children that they might worship and glorify God. That they might worship and glorify God. Now, why am I focusing on that first point? I'm focusing on that first point because I think in the Christian church, there's a temptation to worship our children. To worship our children. Now, that may seem odd to you because in the larger secular culture, what is the temptation? To worship yourself. To worship yourself. And what worshiping yourself looks like is... Uh, kind of oftentimes at the expense of children. That you're supposed to uh, fulfill your dreams. That you're supposed to um, pursue a career. Or just pursue your own pleasure and fulfillment. And oftentimes, in, in that kind of cultural mindset, uh, children just get in the way. Or they're, uh, they're kind of pushed off to the side. They're kind of a, a secondary glory. But not the main focus. It's all, it's all about you. And I think saying that about our, our secular culture is fair. It's fair. And that's why we see what, what has happened to the family. Increases in, in divorce, in abortions, in parents leaving their families, in people parenting kind of phoning it in and, and not willing to sacrifice. We do, we do see that. We do see that. And to the extent that we reflect that kind of cultural attitude, I think we need to hear the, the rebuke of the Lord that would say that God sacrificed his, himself for his children and that a reflection of the gospel is to reflect that sacrifice. 
and that the Christian life isn't about ourselves, it's about the worship of God, and, and part of that is serving our children. All right. Now, I'm giving us that, but that is not going to be the focus of this, this point. That's not the focus because that's kind of the problem with them out there. I want to focus on the problem with us in here. What is our natural temptation? I think our natural temptation is to make our life all about our kids. To get kind of obsessed with our kids. And that's how it always happens. It always happens that, oh, a culture over here is leaning this way. And so we think, well, oh, Christian culture needs to lean the other way. Like, and we go off on the other side. We fall off the horse on the other side. All right? It, 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 it tends to be how it is. And then we get into this battle. Like, well, is it this culture? Or, like, or is it this culture? And the thing is, I, I'm going to say, it's, it's neither of the two. We don't worship ourselves. We also don't worship our kids. We don't worship our kids. And I think this gets reflected in, um, in all of religious culture. So the religion just tends to worship the family and to worship uh, being the good mother and father. That's what religious life is kind of um, geared around. And so it makes sense that we would kind of fall in line with that. But I'm going to say that that, that is a temptation for us. It's a temptation for us to, to idolize our kids. And we can do that in, in a number of ways. Uh, largely, it's going to be a matter of priorities. That who gets your time? Who gets your time? Who gets the first fruits? Is it God or is it your kids? And I think, unfortunately, it, it, it can often be kids because they just seem more demanding. And like, well, no one's going to say no to the kids God, God, I can say no to, and he'll, he'll live with it. He'll be okay. Like, God, I'll get to you later. But that is, that is a putting our children above God. And we have to think, how, how do I do that? How might I reflect that kind of perspective? All right. Uh, another way we might do this is um, we prioritize the kind of the happiness of our family above embracing the, the sacrifices that, that God might be calling us to. Um, in financial and social ways. That when we're thinking about, okay, is it, am I called to do this or not? Um, we might think that, well, if I might put strain on my kids, they might endure suffering. And that's one of our reasons to, to not obey the Lord in, kind of with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. But I think that the worst way I think this is presented is that we've kind of idealized a, a type of motherhood that just says sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. That how do you be a good mom? You just, you just give and give and give and give. And then you will be like Christ. You are, you are sacrificing yourself on the cross every day to your kids. Now I want to say that that's actually not quite right. And it's actually kind of oppressive to mothers. And if you feel the, the weight of that, I want to release you from that in a sense. All right? Uh, as we talked about, uh, our, our theology of parenting often comes in our theology of kind of the relationship between his father and the children. The father and the children. And 
as an evangelical church, we're always talking about the cross. We're always talking about Jesus. We're always talking about the gospel. And I think we can get kind of messed up a little bit and start to think that, why did, why did, why did God do what he did? Why did he create us? Why did he, why did he do this whole life thing? And we say, well, well, maybe it's so that he can sacrifice. If it's all about the cross, then the, the cross becomes the center of our faith and, and that's the goal of, of God is to sacrifice. All right, that's not the goal of God. The cross was a means to an end. A means to an end. And that's going to help us so that if we understand, okay, how am I supposed to sacrifice as a parent? It's a means to an end. What is the end not? The end is not to, for God to make us feel really loved. That's a secondary aspect. We should feel loved when we look at the cross, but that's not the main goal. We shouldn't feel like, oh, oh, the cross is there to make me feel valuable. That I'm so like, worthy to God. No, not that either. Uh, we could say, well, it's, uh, it's something else. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, that it's like God, God died on the cross to, to send me to heaven. To send me to heaven. Like, no, it's not that either. Why did Jesus die on the cross? It was to restore us to the worship of God. To restore us to the worship of God. That's where, when Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't about, uh, wasn't super about us. We make the cross all about us, but it's actually, the problem of sin was that we made it all about us. Sin is this bent that says, oh, like, always worship me, always worship me, always get what I need, always get what I want. And that's what we are trapped in, in sin. And so Christ died that he might free us from that sin. And so we'd stop looking at ourselves all the time and we'd, we'd look at God and we would worship God. We'd glorify God above ourselves. That's the goal of Christ's sacrifice. All right, stick with me. This gets good because there's layers. There are layers in depth. Uh, what does that mean for parenting? What does that mean for parenting? The goal of parenting is not sacrifice. The goal of parenting is that your kids might learn to worship and glorify God. Now, ironically, if you're going to get them to see that, you need to make sure that they know that life is not all about them. You actually have to break that from them because every kid thinks that, that life is all about them. I love this story of Casey. Casey's mom had to tell Casey, like, you know, like, you're not, like, the main person. And, like, if you, like, hurt me, like, I get hurt. And, like, it was like, what? Like, see, I was the youngest of children. I knew the world was not about me. <laughs> it was never about me. Uh, but only children, like, they have to learn that. Because that's, like, their natural inclination. And so parenting is kind of breaking our kids and spiritual parenting is breaking ourselves of this self-obsession and this like tyrannical ruling that we should get everything that we want. And it's a, it's a taking our eyes off of ourselves and looking at God and saying like, okay, like it's actually all about God. It's all about you. It's not all about me. So then, 
What am I telling you to do? What am I telling you to do? I'm telling you to prioritize God. We always say family first. No, God first. God first. Who comes second? Spouses. Spouses. Your, your marriage. Your marriage. Kids come third. Kids come third. And that may seem like hard. It should be this. <laughs> um, kids come third. Because that's actually like, that's the healthiest place for them to be. God doesn't put us first. If he puts us first, then everything's out of whack. Sin puts us first. The gospel puts God first. And that makes everything line up. And that's a blessing because if we're serving God first, uh, God is going to do something that kids are, are not going to do. Kids are never going to say, you know, mom, you're, you're done. You're done. Like, you just need to take a rest. Or like, you know, I don't need anything from you. Like, you can, you can leave me and, and go, go do something else. A kid will never say that. God will say that. God will say that, like, okay, like, now, now go, go care for your kids. Like, it, it's time to do that. Your spouse. Your spouse. If you're focused on your marriage, like me and Casey, like, okay, as much as we love hanging out with each other, like, Remy's crying in the other room, like, we need to go get him. That happens. Remy's never going to tell us to go, go read our Bibles. That's never going to happen. And so without those priorities, God, marriage, kids, everything gets out of whack. And we're actually not reflecting the goal of God. And by serving and serving and serving our kids, we're actually not letting them uh, serve and glorify the Lord. All right? And that's where mothers... Uh, if you've been sold the lie that your kids will be so much better if you just sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice, no, it's not true. It's not true. Put them third. Demonstrate to them that, that you are putting God first. Show them, like, actually, I, I can't do that right now. I, I need to read my Bible. And they'll see who comes first. And the hope is that they would then, when they are adults, Obey God and put God first. All right. I hope mothers feel freedom from that. All right. Uh, next up. Uh, so the moms are probably thinking, but Casey's probably thinking, but like <laughs> Remy demands that he be first. And like no one gets to come before Remy because he just cries and he freaks out. And, and that's where I think we have to recognize that there are stages to this motherhood and parenting thing. There are stages. And there are stages in the Christian life as well. That God parents us differently according to our maturity. So where do we start out? And this is... These are kind of artificial categories I recognize because this isn't in Scripture, but um, it can be helpful. Uh, spiritual infancy. That one's definitely in Scripture. That the, the book of Hebrews talks about how... Uh, you guys, you guys aren't, uh, maybe it's Corinthians, I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, Should have done better in licensure. Uh, <laughs> darn. <laughs> All right. Uh, that, that they're spiritual infants and they're like, spiritual infants need milk. They need milk. They can't eat meat. If you give them meat, it messes them all up. And that's where God, God parents 
infants in the faith and we should parent our infants different, uh, it's a simpler parenting. And I've talked to many of you and many of you testified to the fact that when you first became a Christian, like, the Christian life was just really easy. And God just like poured out blessings and did miraculous things and I think that's how God tends to work at first. It's kind of building the trust bond. Like, this is, you can trust me. This is who I am. But that spiritual infancy. And during these infant years, like, it's going to be sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. Because a kid can't do anything for themselves. They can't obey. They just have needs. I think that's reflected in our relationship with God even. All right. So what would be the next stage? Childhood. Childhood. This is where you learn to obey. You learn the rules and you learn to obey. Um, this is uh, the not very fun stage where you get, you're disciplined by the Lord. You're taught the commandments. Things are kind of black and white. And, uh, and not very loosey-goosey. You don't get much autonomy. It's, it's just, it just feels like, okay, like, I just need to obey the rules. And they're suffering if, if I don't. Now that's a, a stage in the Christian life and that, that is a stage in parenting. That it's, it is that simple and the kids aren't ready for more than that. They need to just follow the rules. Alright. Next. The, the teenage kind of years. This is where you're called to imitate. And as we read in scripture, we transition from just obeying the rules to like all of a sudden, wait, God is calling me to sacrifice, me to pick up my cross, me to actually be like Jesus, not just obey Jesus. And that's where there's a, a point in the spiritual life and a point in, in kids' lives where they have to start imitating they start imitating. And they kind of pretend to be adults. They pretend to be grown-ups. And they kind of mess it up. But they're mostly imitating their parents or some other less, uh, less positive group of people to imitate. And you want to steer them away from them. Uh, but they're imitators. Along with that comes wisdom. And that's where, what is wisdom? Wisdom is advice for all the categories that aren't black and white in Scripture. God's not going to tell you, like, oh, should you become a, a nurse or a, an architect? Like, he won't tell you. That's a wisdom issue. Who should you marry? How should you spend your money on a day-to-day -day basis? Those things are wisdom issues. And we have to start giving our children freedom to explore those wisdom issues. They are not black and white. They need to know themselves. Uh, we need to know ourselves well enough to use wisdom. And in that, God is, is less this, uh, this strict rule follower. And he's a mentor, he's a counselor, he's, he's guiding us and teaching us. And what is the, the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal is that we might die to ourselves. That it would be all about the glory of God. That we would forget about ourselves and make ourselves all about this worship thing. And glorifying God. All right, so there's stages. 
their stages. And as you parent, both spiritually and, and normally, if you mess up the stages, things go awry. So that if, if you're treating your teenager and just like, you got one rule one, two, three, and four, and not offering them any way to, to use wisdom or to, to walk into adulthood, then you're stifling them actually. You're, you're hurting their maturity. You're keeping them from actually uh, living under, under God himself. But likewise, if we, if we tell our five-year-olds and are like, you know, like, when do you want to go to bed? Like, no, you don't. <laughs> they won't make a good choice. So you don't ask them, you tell them. Um, and those things are all true. So if we mess up these categories, uh, things get very messy. And, uh, and maturity gets stunted. If we're treating our, our adult children like they're 10, then our adult children are not going to want to be around the, the parent anymore. It's, it's, it's not where they are. And it's not where they, that's not how they deserve to be treated, given their maturity. All right. Cool? Cool? Cool. All right. Last one. Last one. Uh, we are parented so we might be parents. God doesn't waste anything. He doesn't waste anything. So he's, he's invested a lot of spiritual time and energy in, in making a lot of you parents. And that's where uh, I'm going to focus on the older crowd. The older crowd. Uh, get ready for it. Uh, I think there's something I would call the, the grandparent syndrome. What is the grandparent syndrome? The grandparent syndrome is the temptation for grandparents to think, well, I just, I just want my grandkids to like me. And I want to be the grandparent who has candy in my pocket and like toys all over my house and who never disciplines because like then they'll, then they'll think I'm so fun and so great and no, you don't get to be that. You don't get to be that. I, I know that, that's disappointing. But the thing is, like, you need to be more than that. And your grandkids don't need you to be that. They need you to be grandparents. Which is, like, the word means, like, super parents. Super parents. That you've been through it all. That you've seen it. You've, you know what God does. You know how God works. You've seen suffering being used for good. And... Your role is to, to be the expert, to train your children um, on how to parent their grandchildren. Now, you can, you can give them gifts. That's fine. Um, but don't shortchange them this like, good parenting. That is a gift that you uniquely have and that you is wasted if you don't give that to them. Like, don't, don't settle for being a grandparent that is liked. Like, be one that is, is respected and is imitated and followed. Because you, you've been matured into someone who's able to be that. You don't get to retire. 
right? You don't get to retire. And I think largely, then, on a spiritual basis, older people in the church, you, you never get done with being a parent. You've been through the training ground, and now, now you're called to parent in the church, to be spiritual parents, to, to train up the next generation in wisdom. And younger generation, uh, we have to listen and be humble enough to... <laughs> yeah, and that, that's the frustration, is that a lot of older people are like, but no one, no one will listen to me. Uh, we need to listen and respect the fact that like, wisdom is real and experience is, is valuable and that God really does teach his people. Um, okay. All right. So no more grandparent syndrome. No more saying that. It's, it's, it's less than what you want to be. Just liked. All right. So uh, usually, usually sermons talk a lot about Jesus and then have like an application section. It's kind of switched this time. So it's application question. And now I ask the question like, what does this have to do with Jesus? What does this have to do with Jesus? Tim said it has everything. Everything to do with Jesus. Now how does this have everything to do with Jesus? The only reason we're part of a family is because Jesus Christ enabled us to be adopted. Amen. The only reason that we have any maturity to grow into is because Christ gave us the gift of sanctification. Amen. That he gave us his spirit. That he is working and changing us. The only reason that grandparents have any wisdom is because they've had to look at the cross every single day of their lives for 50, 60, 70 years and they believe that God is a good parent. They trust him. They have seen the love of God. They have seen his faithfulness. And that faithfulness is found in the cross. And when we think about our kids growing in maturity towards the goal of worshiping God, that's only going to be happening if, if they see Jesus. Jesus is the reason that we worship and glorify God. He reveals to us who the Father is. He gives us grace in our sin that we are all about ourselves. But Christ shows us that God is worth being glorified. Not ourselves, not not other people, not our kids. It's Jesus. And that's where we've talked about kind of the method of parenting. Now the content of parenting is to teach your kids about Jesus. That they may have ample reason to glorify the Lord. Because they know of the grace and love and glory of God as found in the cross of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are our perfect father. And as we think about the ways that you have fathered us, uh, we are baffled and, and it is a mystery that you allow certain things to happen and, and you're not afraid of suffering or discipline. And Father, you work so differently than, than we would expect you to. Father, would you... Um, would you give us a joy in parenting?
Would you give those who are called to be spiritual, mothers and fathers, um, initiative? And would you give those who are called to be uh, sons and daughters humility and a willingness to listen? Father, we ask that your name would be glorified. That it would be glorified because of what Jesus Christ on the cross has done to adopt us and bring us to the family of, of yours to mature us and sanctify us and to present us blameless before the throne. That we are together attaining the full maturity and growing into the fullness of Christ. We pray that you would do these things among us and that you'd use parenting to do it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.